if you're looking for some straight-up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas, a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from regional Queensland. Welcome to Marketing and Margaritas. This is Jade and I'm here with the lovely and vivacious Alana. (laughs) I love it when you introduce me. Um, Today we're doing episode 27, which is all about your homepage. So we want to go through reviewing your homepage for maximum impact. Why are we even doing this? Your homepage is your most common landing page. So it's most the common place where people enter your website for the first time. And it's also generally um, has the highest bounce rate, which means it's also the page that people leave from most frequently. So Capturing your audience's attention on that homepage so that they then go through that journey, whether it is clicking through to more pages on your site or getting in touch with you, whatever those next steps are, that's where optimizing your homepage comes into play. And so we've got a set of steps here for you to go through so that you can actually review your own homepage, improve it, and hopefully convert more of those website visitors that you are getting. Absolutely. If you've gone to all the marketing effort to actually get them there, you want to take them on that process. And honestly, that's one of the biggest things we find. Like We just did an episode about Facebook ads, but the other side of the any kind of advertising puzzle is where they're going to, yeah. you know, and that can be really frustrating sometimes when you do a kick-ass ad campaign or marketing campaign and then, you know, people haven't set up their website to optimise for, for customers to actually convert or they call through to the office and the admin person's like really disinterested and doesn't care sort of thing. Like marketing can bring leads to you but you also then need to convert them. Like you can't expect, it's not the client's job to continually pursue pursue you. You do need to make it easy for them to, to do business with you. Absolutely. And think about how many places you put your website address for your marketing material. Like it'll be on flyers, on business cards, on your email signature, on your socials if people are looking, like not to mention any additional advertising you might be doing campaign-based. Like that is where you're driving a lot of people. So Yeah, exactly. It's not just when you're doing campaigns. It's your kind of baseline, your overall marketing that's happening quite often is driving traffic to your website. But then if your homepage and your website overall isn't optimized for that traffic, then all of that other stuff is a bit of a waste of time. Yeah. So that's, we're not about that. We don't <laughs> like wasting time. We want to make best use of our time in the business world. And so that's why we're doing this podcast episode for you. Yay. We're so giving. <laughs> <laughs> right. So first thing people notice when they head over to your website is generally the navigation menu. So that generally sits up on the top line of your website is, is, is there a preference for left or right? Generally centered, I think, but it t- depends on where your logo is. So yeah. your logo j- tends to be part of that nav-, nav menu as well. So if you have a centered logo, then your nav is generally centered underneath it. If your logo is over to the left, then you um, might have a right aligned nav. But they're the first two things you see. Yeah. And so sometimes you'll see that people will have like not very commonly, but people have, say, a navigation menu that goes down the left-hand side. Yeah. Now, I get that that's cool and different and funky, etc. but it's, yes, you want to differentiate yourself, but you want to differentiate yourself from, like, competitors, etc. If someone's already on your website, 
when they're there, you really want to make it as easy as possible for them to find what they need so that they can do business with you. So as a customer, you kind of have expectations of where you're looking for information. Exactly right. So like uh, for a website, I wouldn't say template, but for lack of a better word, there is a structured template to how a website operates. And that's for a reason, because we're all used to it. That's what we're looking for. That's where we're going through. And people get frustrated if it's not easily found like that, because how hard is it to put your nav menu at the top? Another thing that's starting to happen more often is that because we have what's called a burger menu on your mobile version of your website, so that's the three little lines. It's a little stack, yeah. Um, some web developers are using that burger menu style on desktop sites as well. I'm not 100% against this. Like I understand the psychology of bringing because mo that mobile first design onto desktop as well. But at the same time, I think that you just can't rely on the fact that everyone is going to know what a burger menu is or that if they're on a desktop, they're not necessarily going to be expecting a burger menu. So if they can't find your menu, what's more important, you being cool and fancy <laughs> or your customer being able to find the information that they want? I know which one I would pick. Well, look, if you're a really hip business and you only want really hip customers, then go for it. But those three little lines can definitely get lost in space compared to an actual navigation menu, which will list out things like your about us or your services and contact details. Like that's what people are coming to your website to find out more. That's it. So we're really looking for a simplified nav menu as well. So you're wanting say, you know, depending on your platform, it could be like maximum five to six kind of buttons. So it might mean that some of your information needs to go, needs to be categorized to go under those buttons. But I really recommend doing that as opposed to having like an 11 button navigation menu, because as soon as there's too much information in one go, people tend to go too hard basket and not do it at all. Absolutely. So if you want to have a separate page for the 10 server different services you do, because there's a lot of information and you really want to break it down and you don't want to miss anything, then you would have a service folder and then all of those pages would be under it so your navigation menu would be that about home services like those four or five exactly. links clean and simple that's but what we're looking for the client knows where to find what they're looking for and you've still ticked your boxes for having all your information available on your website and again you know harking back to that making it easy to find stuff another thing that people commonly do is they want to make the page names funky and different and stuff again so um you know instead of our services it might be what we do oh that's probably no that's probably a pretty straightforward one but I'm just trying to think of some of the crappier ones i've seen I can think of one, but it would be very obvious to people who that is. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank as well. But yeah, keep it standard. Customers are looking for a certain thing. Yeah. And so that's one of those things where, so we had, I would say an argument, but maybe like a, a, a disagreement with a, with a client um, last year where they um, said that because they had their contact details in their footer yeah. and their phone number, I think was in the top right corner, they didn't need a contact page. And I was like, that's all well and that's very logical. Yes. You know, because yes, you can yes, see, you can see yep. that there is a phone number there and that there's details in your footer. However, as a user, I'm not going there to search around on your website to find what I need. If I go to your website and nine times out of 10, every other website has a contact page, that's if I want to go to your business or I want to contact you. I'm looking for contact page. Yeah. That's what I go there looking for. Absolutely. And quite often you th if you're thinking about search terms from your consumers, they might even search your business name and contact. 
so they can get straight to that one page because that's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. If it's not there, you're missing out on the SEO as well. And that's it too. It's like if your website developer's done the right thing and you know sent your um, sitemap off to Google to be indexed, then when your website comes up in search results, it's not just the website that comes up. It actually indexes the pages that are most frequently visited. Yeah. So from my search results, if the contact page is indexed, I can just click straight to the contact page. I don't have to go to your website and then go, you know, basically the fewer clicks it takes for people to get what they want, the more likely they are to keep following through with what they're doing. Absolutely. And contacting you to do business with you is a plus. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You just want to make it easy for them, not easy for you. And again, like, you know, yes, being quirky and creative and stuff like that, like that's what we do. I totally get it. But there are certain formulas that we stick to because they work. Absolutely. So after your navigation menu, the next thing you'll notice on our homepage. Oh, sorry. Just on the navigation menu No, we're moving on. (laughs) (laughs) No, but please. Is we also like to include a highlight, highlighted option there as well. So for example, um, we did a, a foundation, like a charity website recently. And so in their nav menu, they had their standard, you know, about us volunteering, well, when I get involved, whatever it was. And then we had highlighted, like punched out in a different color and with a, um, like an oval around it was donate because that's the primary thing that we want people to be able to do. But for example, it could be that, you know, if you've got, if your primary way of doing business is for people to book an appointment with you, then you might have a highlight button on your nav that says book now. Yeah. So if you've got a prominent call to action that a lot of consumers will be looking for on your website, punch it out, highlight it, make Pop it, it in your nav menu. Yeah. And that, you know, and don't just think that that's a one and done thing either. Like you still want to put CT, like calls to action throughout your homepage and your other pages, etc. but don't neglect having it there on your nav menu too, because it is such prominent real estate when people are looking at your website. And I guess just to clarify that navigation, navigation menu with your header and your footer, rolls through your website so it'll be on every page so that's a standardized oh, thing it is unless you've set something up as a specific sales landing page then you can turn off your header and a footer but, but generally speaking, generally speaking yes 100 percent. Okay. now you can move on so next after your navigation menu generally speaking there's some form of graphical or visual element so you've either um quite often using a banner so that can be used for when you're running a specific campaign you're promoting a product or a service you could just have a generic one um that sits there between campaigns uh it's a really popular space for a promotional video that you might have so if you're running a recruitment campaign and you do spend money on a kick-ass recruitment video pop it in there um, get as much exposure as you can. Um, or if your branding just calls for some uh, color blocking or some graphical elements or infographics like that, that's kind of the next thing. It's like that visual. Yeah, um, it doesn't have to be a photo or an image. It depends on what your branding and what your messaging is at the time sort of thing. But that is something that you may want to look at updating when you're doing a campaign, but also when you're just doing like a website refresh, um, you know, updating that can give a whole new look to your website sort of thing. So whether it's, yeah, a sliding image banner, a static image banner, a video, just a key statement with some icon, whatever it might be, the main purpose of that section underneath your nav menu is really to um, captivate and compel your audience to scroll down because on a desktop, 
um, you know, it, it's a, what we call above the fold. Yeah. So it's above that first scroll. So they might be able to start seeing a little bit of information about you, or it could be that you've got a bigger one that blocks out the whole screen. Um, you know, on mobile, it, it'll generally take up the screen. So you really want to make it something that is going to make people scroll down your homepage further. I can't remember what the stats are, but I'm pretty sure it's that people tend to, like if they're in research mode, they'll tend to scroll down the homepage first. Whereas if they're looking for something more direct, then they'll go to the menu first. Oh, okay, makes sense. Yeah. So next step, we highly recommend you explain to your customers or the people landing on your website, what you do. It seems like a no-brainer. They've already found your website. They know what your business services are. But as we said before, you're in the thick of it. You know that it all makes sense, but you need to explain it in layman's terms. But I just don't think sometimes people think about, like, I've gone to websites. So, like, we do DigiCheck, which is, like, an online presence review. Yeah. So, I've gone to someone's website. I won't say who. And um, their business name didn't say what they did. Yeah. Um, and then their banner image was really nice and had a great key message about how they really care about their clients and then their blurb was about how they were Mackay based they've been in the region for this long they've been doing they've got clients all over etc and I was like nowhere on their homepage actually said what their physical service was so that's bad for keyword you lose points right there (laughs) but like they could have been like it could have been a taxi company it could have been an electrician (laughs) it could like I had no, it could sell Barbie dolls. Like I had no idea what their actual service was. So, you know, it might seem simple, but when you're reviewing it, have a look. Do you clearly state either in that banner or the first line of your intro blurb, what the hell you are? And on that, that's something that we recommend when we are writing website copy is like to actually write the business's name within their first couple of sentences. Yeah, it's good for SEO. So like at Rebel Nation, we provide marketing, design, website, services, blah, blah, blah. List them out. Sure. It feels like if they go to your services page, they're going to see all that. But if they don't go there, they're not going to know. Oh, you don't necessarily even have to list everything out if you didn't want to. But like, just to say, we're a digital marketing agency. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we do. Should be on there. (laughs) A regional digital marketing agency servicing small to medium businesses in a range of industries. Yeah. And when you're, you know, putting that, um, when you're putting out there what it is that you offer your clients, the other key element here is to remember to say what the benefit is for them too. So 100%. when we do marketing, it's really common for people to be like, me, 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 me. This is what I do. This is amazing. Here's all the people who like me. Here's some great stuff I did. Me, 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 me. And it's like, you've actually kind of forgotten the customer. Yeah. You know, really when someone comes to your website, it's actually not about you. It's about them. Put them center stage. Put them in the picture. Um, So that might, you know, it's not just in the wording sort of thing. So with the wording, I do recommend writing so that you're talking to just one person that when you are talking about yourself, it's in relation to how you you can help them, um, what, what your point of difference is and how that then benefits them, makes their life easier, et cetera. But it can also be graphic, like visual as well. So it might be that you have images of um, people etc and you you know not just sort of technical photos or whatever but like actually having like say you were in construction it's not just a house 
it's like a family playing outside the house or something like that. Like put people in the picture yep. because that's what we want to do. We want to put your customer in the picture in relation to you and how you can benefit them. Fantastic. Well covered. Proof of work and capabilities is the next section. So this is where you talk about any case studies you've got, any before and after photos. It's proving uh, that you've done the work. Yeah, and that you're actually capable of doing what you say you're doing. So you might have, say, a portfolio page or a case studies page or whatever it might be. But we want to incorporate an element of that on our homepage as well. So, you know, one of the sections on your homepage could be a slider of customer testimonials. Or again, it could be your three latest case studies so that people can, yes, they can go to the full case studies page, but if they're just scrolling that homepage to see whether they, basically they're vetting you to see if they want to learn more about you, yeah. then you've got that proof of work, that proof of capability, capability on there um, straight up front for them. So another way to do this is also to list some client logos that you've worked with in the past that obviously ones that you've got a good working relationship with, not ones that might not have gone so well. Mm. But if you've done work with some big businesses in the area that are really well known that are going to make a difference and help with that conversion, then definitely look at listing that on there. Yeah. Contact them and get a best copy of their logo. Don't just steal it off the internet because it's not going to look as great. Mm. Plus I think there's copywriting issues. And yeah. Stuff you probably want to check that they're happy with And that. if they're cl your client, then maybe treating them with some respect is also a good idea. I don't know. That's just me. Inviting them to star on your website and linking back to their website. <laughs> and that's it. You're providing a backlink to their website. That's good for their SEO as well. But again, that does show the proof of work. So if you were like um, a food services business, then you might, in your clients that we love working with section, um, you might have, again, a slider of logos or whatever, and you might have some really big national chains in there. Then you might have a mix of some smaller, locally owned, really well-known eateries and stuff as well so you're sort of giving that mix and showing hey we can work with big business but p.s we also work with the smaller businesses too so again it's not just you're saying we've worked with this person it's that you're proving the cap your capacity the scope of what you're able to offer and I think too with that one it, you know when you're trying to choose what kind of proof of work or capability is best for you is to think about what is going to be most relevant to your audience. Um, so, you know, for us, it might be we go, oh, people probably don't actually give a crap about which clients we work with. They more want to actually see the what the results of what we've done so we'll do case studies instead that show our design work that show our digital ads and the results that we got from them or whatever else it might be sort of thing absolutely um, and that's not to say that you might then again we're just talking about the home page here so you might have um, those three latest case studies on the home page but then when I actually go to the you know case studies or portfolio page you might then have a client logo slider slider yeah. on there, or you could have it on your services page. Like you can put more proof of work throughout your website and you could have testimonials on every single page if you wanted to, you know, in banners or footers or whatever else, not footers are the same in every page, but you know, you can put more throughout your site, but just specifically looking at the homepage, I probably use one really compelling, you know, use of evidence for how you can do what you say you can do. Awesome. So next up is an email database sign up. So you want to be building your email marketing at all times. 
Yeah, building that database is at, you know one of the primary marketing assets for your business. So if you were, you know, whether you're growing your business or whether you're looking at selling it or whatever, an email database is an asset that you actually own, unlike a social media following, unlike website traffic, you know, email database is yours. So putting an effort and putting a focus on it on your homepage, very important. And it's also good for continuing that conversation. If people are interested in your business and what you do and they want to find out more, then... Oh, I freaking hate when I cannot find someone's email database (laughs) to sign up to if I'm interested. I'm just like, why are you making it hard for me to continue the conversation with you? That usually tells me that they don't use it regularly and so they don't put value on it. Yeah. So that sign up could just be that, again, you have a section where it's like, hey, want to stay up to date with our latest gardening tips and tricks? Sign up to our email database. Or it could be having a lead magnet. Um, That could be something that's paid. It could be something that's free. Um, If it is a paid one, you're really thinking more of like a low cost product. Um, So it might be um, sign up to receive our $5 ebook on how to grow veggies in North Queensland. And then that is building your database because when people sign up to it, they're then added to your um, email database. Yeah. Or download our free checklist on how to cycling proof your garden this summer and then they've got their email. Yeah, again, so yes, you can either just ask them to sign up, you can offer, you can incentivize it with a piece of free content or you can incentivize and qualify those signups by having a low cost product. Next, we've got social connectivity. So this is, um, we seem to have a few pet peeves. I know, why are there so many things that annoy me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're just really cranky old ladies. <laughs> Super judgy. So when we can't find, the pet peeve is when we can't find your social media links on your website. So they, where should we put them? Where do you put them, Jade? So I personally do like putting social media links in the nav menu. I like them up there too. But it depends on how many you've got. I don't want five of them up there sort of thing. However, that's not to say if you've got like your main one or two social platforms that you just put the links in the nav and then the rest of them, like you can list all of them in your footer and on your contact page. So, and that's the thing. If you're, if you're going to, you know, if, you post more frequently on Facebook and you get a better um, return on your investment, et cetera, there, then that's the one that you want to highlight. You know, if you've only got a couple, if you've only got Facebook and LinkedIn, then pop them both up there sort of thing. But those social connections, like websites, some people update their website regularly, some people don't at all. But I also just find that, yeah, if I'm looking for more information or I'm wanting to get a bit of a better understanding of what they're about or I just want to follow their pages because I'm like, I kind of like your product, but I'm not ready to buy right now. Or like there was this air garden, hydro, not hydroponic. It was, what's the other one? Aquaponics. Yes. Thing that I was looking at. And it's really cool, but it's like 700 bucks. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm that invested to buy it just yet. But I follow their Facebook page because then I sort of see their stuff every now and then. It reminds me that they exist. Yeah. And if I like, you know, if I get into their stuff enough, then I'll probably end up purchasing one. However, if they don't sort of keep me engaged, then they'll probably just fall off my radar. Absolutely. So, yes, you've, you're investing your time and energy on these social media platforms that you've created and you're using. So make it known. Don't let them drop off. 
And unless someone's like calling, like if someone contacts you, like they're a lot closer to the purchasing decision. Whereas if they, you know, going to your social pages, they're still in that consideration phase. It, it just, again, it gives it like going to your website and scrolling through your pages is very one-sided. Yeah. Whereas if, you know, you're then leading them to your socials, that's another way for them to actually get involved and for you guys to interact with each other more. Awesome. Okay. Next up is a call to action or how the consumer can do business with you. So if you haven't already, you need to be telling them, you've already told them what you do and why you do it and given them some reference that you do it well. So if they're ready to convert, you need that information there. Yeah. And so this, you know, this ties in with that highlight button as well, but I still recommend having, and depending on how long your homepage is, you might have a couple of different sections dedicated to this, but worded and done sort of a bit differently, but it's what's their next step, you know, and, and think this is not just for your homepage. This is obviously for the whole website, but today we're looking at homepages is that if I look at your homepage, I've already heard your radio ad. A friend of mine was talking about you. I've now looked at your homepage. I've scrolled through. And I'm like, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. What do I, what do you want me to do next? Yeah. And yes, I can go to your contact page and call you an email and stuff. Like I'm not saying that that stuff's not there, but it's more that if you have the opportunity to, um, sort of step out that journey for the client what is it that you want them to do next tell them don't be afraid to tell them yeah so if you prefer for people to pick up the phone and call you then make that your prominent call to action if you have an automated online booking appointment system and that's what you prefer because then you know you just get an appointment stuck in your diary ready to go then book now put book now on everything yeah. so well not everything don't be a retard about it but you know put it out there um it's if yeah basically if people you know if they need to go in store if they actually have to come in and see you then have that bottom section be a google map so yeah. that they can you know have your address up there but you can just click straight into it and 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 go and find out where you are it's you know especially if they're in the car or whatever sort of thing so if, if what's the next step to do business with you yeah there's multiple options but what's your preferred option push your preferred option because then you know you're making it so that you're getting business the way that you want to as well yes it's about the customer but it's also a little bit about you too yeah and so you'll have noticed through that homepage layout as they're going down the page we're really taking them on the journey and so that last thing is hopefully we've converted them and you're pushing them to do that. If you don't tell them how, they'll bugger off. And it's also just one of those things too, like when there are, you know, like if you want to book our services, contact us today and it links to the contact page. And then there's like five different ways of contacting you. Some people probably do want to have all of that choice. I get that. But at the same time, the less I have to think, yeah. the more likely I am to do. <laughs> so if you go, uh, if you want to do business with us, complete this quick form and we'll give you a call. Yeah. Or call now. We just do it all over the phone. Yeah, yep. exactly. Right. Whatever suits you best. Awesome. Okay. And so to wrap it up, we advise checking your analytics. So 
have a look at how your website, your particularly your homepage, was faring before you've done the updates and then after and see how that's changed and grown. So um, what exactly are we looking for? We're looking for bounce rates? Yeah, yeah. So bounce rate is just when the the, amount, the percentage of people who've left from that page. Yeah. So if something has like a 90% bounce rate, it means that 90% of the people who came to that page with whatever time frame you've specified – um, have left. Yeah. Only 10% of people stayed to go onto other pages. Yeah. So, yeah, so definitely looking at your bounce rate. Um, you would also be looking at your time on page. So, for example, if previously um, people were only spending an average of 15 seconds on your homepage, but now they're spending like a minute 10, then, you know, you've captured their interest for longer. They're actually you're, reading and yeah, looking at Your optimizations are working more. Now, it, and it can be, you know, you want to also have a look at the conversions from that homepage. So it, it can get a little bit tricky setting things up and stuff. So I won't go into it too much, but it, you know, like, some people will come to the homepage and then contact from there sort of thing. So that's completely fine. Well, they have to leave your website from somewhere. So don't get completely disheartened. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is that, it, you know, the way data works is that it as a standalone, it kind of, the numbers sort of don't mean anything almost. Like you could be like, oh, I had a thousand people visit my website or people on average stay on my um, homepage for 30 seconds. Is that good or is that bad? You know? The way that data becomes useful, useful is when we compare it to other data. So if we go, okay, people used to spend 10 seconds on my homepage and now they spend 30 seconds, that's an improvement. Yeah. That's working towards where I want to go. You know, I used to have um, a lot of people dropping off from my homepage, whereas instead now I've got, say, 20% of people actually sticking around on the website then that shows you that they're, you know, looking more into you, getting more interested, et cetera. So it's, it's where, when you compare it, that's where that data becomes useful. And it could be, you know, I've got those thousand visitors and I used to have, um, you know, 2% of them contacting me, whereas now I have 10% contacting me. That's a huge difference sort of thing. So that's what makes that information something that we can use to actually, you know, act on and engage how we're going in business. Yeah, if your call to action was for them to fill out a booking form or something like that, and that's gone up by, you know, you now get 10 a month instead of two, that's a plus. Yeah. And so when you feel like, you know, that you have, you've gone through, you reviewed your website, you've done those optimization optimizations on your homepage, et cetera, and your results are getting better, then you might have a look at what other pages have a low average time on site, what other pages have a high bounce rate. And then from there go, okay, the services page People spend two seconds on our services page. Maybe we need to put some more information there. <laughs> it's obviously very off-putting. What can we do to, again, draw our audience in, keep them interested in us and learning about us, getting them to actually do business for us if they deem that we are a good fit for them? And so we've given you a bit of an outline on how we look at a homepage here, but for reviewing the rest of your website, um, it's something we've done ourselves and we do recommend other people do, is um, share it with people outside of your business. So whether they're trusted friends within the industry or within a different industry, send them your website link and go, hey, can you give me some feedback on what you think? So they might look at it and have known you for 10 years and know what you do, but go, your services don't make sense to me. 
I wouldn't know what I'm buying or, you know. And when you do that, also think about doing it to a relevant audience. Yes. So one trap that we get caught in a lot with clients is that if we're doing like a logo or a website or something for them, and that no offense to married people, but a whole bunch saying. of years tend to go show hubby or wifey. wifey and they're like, oh, I don't like that color. Oh, I don't get what this means. I'm not saying their opinion's not valid unless they're in your target audience. Absolutely. If they're not in your target audience, no offense, don't give a flying crap <laughs> what they think because it's not relevant. It's not going to push you forward with the people who are actually going to do business with you. If they're in your target market, great. That's a market sampling. Fantastic. Take their opinion on board. But if it's not, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt and make sure you're yeah. actually consulting people. Don't get hung up on it. Like I remember um, working on something one time with someone and um, we were trying to come up with a name for something and I was like, oh, what about this? And she's like, oh, I told my husband and he didn't really get it. And I was like, perfect, because he's the opposite of our target market. <laughs> so that tells me that we've actually hit on something smart. Yeah. <laughs> Fun times. Otherwise, always listen to your partner. <laughs> That's, you know, that you better half for a reason. Right? I'm not really sure you got Grant's comment on that one. Yeah, look, <laughs> I don't get married, man. Ask the cats. <laughs> oh, look. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. We hope you've got something out of um, homepage structures. Good luck reviewing and revitalizing your website. And please feel free to share your optimized pages with us on socials. We'd love to have a look. Yeah. Sounds great. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.